this pagan calendar new year, I entered into a sleep. So I suppose the new normal has included a quiet, restful entering into a new year. No sounds of the proverbial roar of fireworks or viewing of the New York City symbolic ball dropping as everyone in America shares in the countdown to the new year. While for most, the usually festive event is championed by the one-day exception of the year where children can usually miss their curfew and adults look forward to letting their hair down and going to over-the-top events were probably met with the same stillness that made sleeping through this man-made new year possible for me. I suppose, in retrospect, the symbolic sleeping through the new year celebration would have taken on a different spiritual meaning to me ordinarily, as the one thing you don't want to be caught doing during a biblical new year with prophetic significance and bearing witness to astrological and agricultural events is sleep. The fact that I could so easily do so for this man-made calendar can only attest to a shift taking place in what is the priority or the perception of reality in my heart. A shift from being focused on the things that man does to adjusting my life to a kingdom that man cannot impact or control. While the man-made new year is typically heralded with firework exceptions and excuses for riotous partying, year after year, the majority of the world is completely oblivious to the creator's calendar, new year, and therefore remain asleep during dates that hold prophetic significance of biblical proportion that will impact both our present and our future. Although it wasn't my intention to sleep past the beginning of a day that holds a personally special place in my heart, the requirement of eyewitnessing or bearing witness to it only confirms the shift taking place in this new season we are entering. The era of prosperity messaging will have to give way to the sobering scriptures that reminds us of the new signs of the times that we don't want to miss. As 1 Peter 4 verses 3 through 7 reminds us, For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think is strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Before the end of this man-made new year, I experienced the loss of the two people who are responsible for my very existence 
enter into glory at the end of two biblical holidays that both they and the world by and large are only aware of because they appear on their calculated calendars and many of them during a time that still doesn't line up with God's calendar. Nevertheless, within two months and two days of each other, two people who lived in the last 30 years apart were reunited. And while the world still cowers silently in a daze over a virus that the Creator has blessed 99% of the people to overcome, these major figures in my life were like so many others who slept this year, but unnoticed in the wake of COVID. Because they didn't die from COVID, nevertheless, its impact was an indirect contributor to both. And more importantly, the measures put in place robbed them both of time that they could have spent with their family. While one joined the ranks of overcoming COVID in the 99 percentile, the other made a decision in fear of catching it that very well could have contributed to their death. However, as is the case with man being puppeteered by the master of deception, has cast a demonic spell over the world with their lying signs and wonders. Truth has been my only escape from the madness that has swept the hearts and minds of so many nations. And unfortunately, the very prophetic truth of the words of my Lord and Savior is responsible for the demise of so many. Mark 8:35. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. In an effort to save their lives, many have lost it, rather than being willing to lose their life for his purpose and find it. By rejecting the one and only person who can save us, the world has willingly declared a new savior, have exchanged their trust in the blood of Yeshua to deliver them from evil to the DNA-altering counterfeit that requires constant boosting. As if saying goodbye to the two people who were responsible for the cells that make up me wasn't enough, I also witnessed the prophetic fulfillment on a whole new level of what it would mean to know that it is only He who does the will of my Father that represents my true family. Matthew 12, verse 50. All and any in the flesh are capable of choosing their will over that of the Father's will, and as such are capable of not only being deceived, but the very ones who in the end will betray you to the enemy, as sure as Judas betrayed Yeshua. Take note that the betrayer was the treasurer. The one issue that can change relationships between people is the issue of this fiat money that at the end of the day isn't worth the paper it is printed on. Indeed, I have watched the fulfillment of biblical truths play out before my eyes, and I can only thank God who had prepared me for the ball-dropping moments that hit me this year. I, however, have also witnessed him keep me in ways I didn't imagine. 
I experienced him bring me out of COVID as well as other family members who have been the strategic target of intense marketing for an untested product come through on the other side of the battle with natural immunity, refusing to bow to the gods of medicine, choosing rather to stand with the fourth one in the fiery furnace who was with us like unto the Son of God. Daniel 3 verse 25. Remaining one of the many stories of victory over this worldwide pandemic that is consistently untold, only known by figures, not heralded by faces and accounts. Nevertheless, we remain as a testimony of the faithfulness of God to deliver us out of the fiery furnace. And who was with us unbound while we were in it? As we entered into this forced new world order that has so often been discussed with apocalyptic undertones, I can't help but consider the end of this current one. The one in which the two people responsible for why I breathe and live have since moved on to glory. So I find myself like Isaiah when King Isaiah died, recognizing the failures of this flesh and realizing that there were things I couldn't see, understand, or even conceive of until after they exited. Isaiah 6 verse 1. The years of the Most High, layer by layer, removing my attachment to this nation and way of life, has been in a sense severed by the putting away of those responsible for my entrance into this life I have. Indeed, there is a quick work he is doing, but oftentimes we ignore the slow and methodical step-by-step, bit-by-bit preparation for that work that takes place behind the scenes. I never heard loud, thunderous warnings that foretold of their demise, but instead subtle and still soft reminders to value the time I have with them. To take note of the choices and obstacles that is being allowed to separate that time and to take every opportunity with them, whether virtual or in person, to point them to him. On so many levels, attaching ourselves to the Son of God makes 100% perfect sense. Losing anyone or even an animal close to me was a problem. So much so that distancing myself and keeping my circle close and few in some ways is a protective mechanism. However, when you are yoked to the creator of the universe, who is not subject to decay or death, but rather who has overcome death and forever liveth, and not only liveth, but liveth to make intercession for us, then all I can say is like Isaiah, woe is me, I am a woman of unclean lips amongst a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, Yehovah of hosts. Isaiah 6, 5. Indeed, my eyes have beheld the glory of the coming of the Lord, and know this, thou man who readeth. 
He comes quickly and his reward is with him to pay both the quick and the dead for the deeds in the body upon the soul of man. We are living in unsettling times. And while many are awaiting for things to get back to normal, most have no clue that there are a select few who are working behind the scenes to ensure that the very opposite occur. The new to the world order is coming and those who choose not to play by their rules will be banished from that kingdom. The good news is the rejection of it for many will be the necessary primer to come to the Isaiah moment that occurred when the death of the Uzziah system of life came to its end. If you really think about it, King Uzziah's death was the representation of the end of a kingdom, much like the death of the Republic of America, as we know it, represents the end of the world as we know it. There will be a multitude of eyes opened and rest assured, just as Satan has been planning this coup d'etat we find ourselves in for centuries God has also been planning and preparing his select leaders to be prepared for the multitudes that are to come. So the bittersweet home going of both my parents represent both a blessing and a curse. A blessing for it was my prayer that should they leave before I do, I would want to be there to see them before their transition. And the Most High honored that. And I am so very thankful that they won't have to see what manner of evil this new world will concoct. Thus, they were deemed worthy to escape the tribulation to come. But a curse, because amidst the evil are tremendous opportunity for reward that would be laid up in heavenly places for the faithful followers of Yeshua that rust and moth can't corrupt. While I celebrate what the pagan new year marks for me, which is 19 fulfilled years of marriage on our annual getaway. I am reminded by everything around me that this may be the last of such trips for us to make. Travel restrictions by man are being put in place quickly and those who refuse to exchange the glory of God for that of man are being primed for being put in their place at many borders. Freedom for law-abiding citizens are being restricted, while criminals in white suits and media-paid propaganda pushers continue to push the narrative that deceives the masses to believe that those who don't cave into the madness are the problem. Resurrecting what seems to be a modified version of the Jim Crow laws that rather than applying to blacks are being applied to unvaxxed. Those who have neither a spiritual purpose or physical fortitude to make it in this new world will be blessed by entering into rest beforehand. For the only hurt I can imagine that would be worse for a parent than death is the witnessing of their child's suffering. Therefore, I'd rather think of both of my parents cheering us on to victory from the best view of the planet. So I guess the only resolution I have going forward is to continue to be a seeker and spreader of truth 
and point people to the giver of that truth. Recognizing that like my parents, I neither get to choose when I enter or leave this experience we call life. I can only choose how I live it. So I would like to leave you with a few passages of scriptures and a meaning of words that may be a blessing to you as you journey in your desire to come closer to God. Because this time capsule of information and wisdom that I share on my podcast is not for, you know, the casual church club goer. It's not for the person who's not even looking for truth. It's not for the person who is mesmerized and caught up in this world and its system, but it's for the person who desires to fulfill their purpose in God on this earth. And for those people, I share scriptures that hopefully will encourage you to get deeper into your study and into your relationship with God through his word. And so these scriptures are Luke 19, 43 through 44. For the days shall come upon thee, that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. I cannot express how important it is to know the time of your visitation in this hour. To understand who it is that keeps you and who it is that will allow you to escape or to believe the things that are to come. So my prayer is that you will dig deep into the word of God so that you can have an understanding of these very current event prep tips that he gives us in his word. Um, Nezuri, Daniel 3, 17 through 18. These are just some of the notes that I took down for this year. There was a word that's used there called image. And that word is salim. And that word salim from the ancient Hebrew, well, from the Strong's is H67. I believe that's 54 or 55. And it's the word image also an image or form of something as the shadow of the original so an image as used in daniel 3 17 through 18 which says and we'll go read it which says if it be so our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand O king but if not be it known unto thee O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So that word image is um, is the shadow of the original. That is what the characters mean because you take the first characters, so which is the word shadow and then you add the mem to it which is picture of water waves 
it could be liquid or anything like that. So what the but what the Hebrew characters, if you look at them, they reveal Sadi, which is the picture of like a it looks like some a person leaning on their side, which is going in a direction. So that is the meaning of the word path. And the Lamed, which is in the center, is for a shepherd staff, which means authority, but it also can means to go towards something. Because as Moses, he would lift up that staff and he told the children to go forward, he would use the staff also as a means of showing that. So it's directing you. So a path towards Mem, the blood, or the path directing the blood. It could be either one. And a lot of times the context of how it's used will tell you that. Like if we're, when he says that he made us in his image and likeness, that would be more towards the path towards the blood. Now, if we're talking about the path directing the blood, then we're talking about something more or less, either it can be controlling you or you can be controlling it. And again, the context of the scripture would reveal that. So if you are shadowing the mirror image of something other than God, you are directing your life force, which blood is, because the life of the flesh is in the blood, in that direction as well, which is basically meaning your life is gonna take on that direction. And so if we really look at what the Hebrew boys were fighting against and was up against with the kingdom that was ruling at that time, we recognize that there was a pull for him, for them to shadow an image other than that which was given to them by the Most High Yah. So just think about that today, where our blood is trying to be redirected towards an image other than that which we were given at birth. And you need to ask yourself a question, did God make a mistake or did he not? Were you created in the image and likeness of God or were you not? So before we go changing things, altering things, repurposing uh, something, we should at least know first what that purpose was and commit ourselves to that end rather than get ourselves in a situation that we are unaware of its long-term implications. And so I leave you with that. I don't want to get too deep into what we are seeing. And I certainly don't want to be made something that's political because it's not to be a political entity. I am not promoting democracy or republicanism, you know, however you want to put it, because I just firmly believe that they are two opposing sides with the same axis. They're all leading to the same goal and that goal is not necessarily in line with what the goal of God is for us as his people. So again, this is not for the casual churchgoer, the person who cracks open the Bible only on one day a week. These revelations, these things that I'm sharing are things to be given to those are pearls for those whose eyes are open to truth, whose hearts are ready to hear truth, and who has a hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
if this is not you, then you wouldn't have even listened this long. <laughs> but if this is you, my prayer is that regardless of what happens this year for you, um, you may not have the life-changing, earth-shattering experiences that I had in the last year to be your reality. But I want to encourage you that if it is your reality, for you not to allow the enemy to make you second-guess yourself, to make you second-guess whether or not God is with you. Because what you have to know is whether you lose a loved one, I don't care if it's a parent, I don't care if it's a spouse, I don't care if it's a child, no matter who you lose in this life, you have to preserve the mentality that you know we are not going to all make it until he returns. Some of us will go to him before he comes to us. We're not going to all be changed at the twinkling of an eye. Some of us, most of us, are going to sleep first. And so you have to reconcile yourself to that reality so that if death knocks at your door, by whatever means it does so, you are not swept away in grief. You are not moved from the post and position that God has called you to. And if nothing else, at the very least, allow yourself to be open to the same revelation Isaiah had when the king, the one whom he served, died. That God is opening your eyes to reveal something that you would not have been able to see until that eye-opening moment occurred. There are things that you won't even look at the same way until the person who is, you know, crucial to whatever your life understanding is passes. Because everything seems possible when they're here. You know, they're, they're that person that you rely on, that you call on, that you look forward to hearing from and who leads and, you know, who encourages you to continue on whatever path you're on. But when that person leaves, that's when the eye-opening experience happens. And if you are truly trusting God, that he has a place prepared for you, greater than what this world can offer you, then you won't look at that moment when it comes in the way the world looks at it. I am a living witness. You will look at it as not saying goodbye to them, but understanding that it's see you later. It's understanding that to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's understanding that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so, yes, you will always miss them their presence, the ability to call and reach out and touch them, to hug them, all those things. But you do not have to sorrow as those who have no hope. You take it as an opportunity that God has provided you to regroup and refocus on that which he has you to do on the earth. Because beyond you fulfilling your purpose, there really is no other reason to be on the planet. There is still reward out there that God has. And, and believe me, if you stay the course like Shaul, Paul, like Peter, Kepha, like Yohanan, John, 
and so many others, there's treasure laid up for you in heaven. Those souls that you love so dearly on earth will be there waiting for you in heaven. And will return on this earth because heaven is not the end game. Read the rest of the book. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth before things will pass away. So listen, this kingdom is not the kingdom we need to be putting our strength, heart, soul, and mind into. But the kingdom to come is. So I leave you with those thoughts. Hopefully on a good note because that's how I'm taking it. We have work to do, saints. And we cannot allow ourselves to be distracted by anything that would try to prevent us from fulfilling that work. So shalom to you. And happy Gregorian New Year.